This is the Horse Radio Network. Briars are the horse gateway drug, am I right? This week, we're talking about how the barn brings us all together, no matter our age. Also, why figure eight bridles are cool and our favorite tricks for conformationally challenged horses. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Sally Spickard. And I'm Jessica Payne. Welcome to episode 29 of Heels Down Happy Hour. So I have a great, I love the Facebook group, by the way, because I have a great drink this week. And we get advice. So please, everybody, our listeners, go to the Heels Down Happy Hour Lounge on Facebook. And we love your advice. We got Mary Ellen this week that gave us a drink that she had at Kentucky. And it's called a Kentucky Reuben. And you do an ounce to an ounce and a half of your favorite whiskey, three ounces of red wine, an ounce of simple syrup, and a teaspoon of lemon juice. And then you shake it on ice and pour it. Sounds pretty tasty like to me. It could be good. I know. I, awesome. It's I like would never. Cold, yeah, like a cold. I don't think like, I would ever think to put whiskey and wine together. But I mean, I guess right, somebody thought right. of it, obviously. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Is like, that sounds interesting. Very, very so, Kentucky, though. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, I'm all up for whiskey and red wine. I'm like, how can anybody go wrong with that? So let's combine <laughs> them. Right. So I'm going to have to try it and I will report back how it is because I'm so excited to try this one. Absolutely. So you guys know by now that this episode is presented by Eco Gold, um, and we've talked about all the range of saddle pad products that Eco Gold makes. But probably my favorite thing that you get from Eco Gold that come that goes across the boards, whether you're getting a dressage pad, a cross country pad, the cool fit pad, or even the flip half pad, is everything by Eco Gold is non-slip, and they take non-slip technology really seriously. And when they say it doesn't slip. Uh, that is legit. And it they really are not lying. <laughs> it is legit. It does not yeah. slip. But what's really great about Eco Gold is they're just so smart about how they use textile fabrics and that, yes, it doesn't slip, but it's also it's also breathable. So your yeah. horse isn't super sweaty. Um, it's just there's no better pad out there. Take it from us. So you can get Holy. your own pad at EcoGold.ca. All right, guys, it's time for news. I will go first because I have the end of the world news that I have to share with you that is like very serious. Okay. Oh man. I'm I'm so scared. So this story, (laughs) the story I found on the internet, it's by like a, you know, probably a somewhat credible source. I kind of can't tell. Somewhat. (laughs) These days you never know. (laughs) I know, but you know, like, you know, like the, the English like tabloid, like sensational story is like sometimes, you know, like, the UK is known for their their tabloids, which are really great if you're like really into that like gossip. Oh, like juicy. meteor is gonna. Yeah. What do you mean, like fake news? Kind of like fake news? Don't ever say fake news. No. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. But it's like tabloid. You know, like they're they're known for their like their tabloid magazines. Uh, you know, it's like gossipy yeah. celebrity stuff. But um, so anyways, this Wrong. story re- reminded me of this. Um. And it's, I'm just going to read you the headline. It says Armageddon, in quotes, Armageddon disease could wipe out, in all caps, hundreds of British horses, hyphen, deadly warning issued. So, 
Right? You're like, what's happening? <laughs> so actually what it is, is um, there, there's, I guess, a type of bacteria which spreads through African horse sickness. And it's already in the UK. And there's been some recent outbreaks in of blue tongue, which you find in sheep, uh, which is like a, a, a strain of the same virus that you can find in sheep. And so uh, horse people are starting to freak out that with rising temperatures and lack of biosecurity measures um, in the UK that the disease can continue to spread. So I guess warmer temperatures from climate change. I don't if you haven't seen it's been like national headlines this summer that Europe is having like an extreme heat wave this summer. So because of those temperatures, this African horse sickness can spread more rapidly and they're starting to, to get kind of nervous about it. And I guess it, it sounds pretty fatal. Uh, it has AHS, the Armageddon disease, has a 95% fatality rate in horses. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. So I guess that is the Armageddon disease to give. Yeah. You know, it's not just sensational. It's kind of scary. So I guess yeah. we'll see how that pans out. But, but it's interesting that that's like, not, I don't like, again, I haven't heard of that anywhere else either. So like the mm-hmm. horse and hound hasn't that I've seen. So I mean, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I guess I keep an eye on it. Yeah. So Jess, what do you got? So I have a strange one. So the horse and hound, speaking of the UK posted about this dressage rider. That was in Aachen, Madeline Witt Reese, um, she was riding, from what I can tell, this is what's kind of weird. She was riding at Aachen in the warm-up arena, but also it notes that her husband was walking the stallion at one point in the morning and was using a whip, and the steward asked him not to use the whip, and he said, you know, I have to use the whip, it's a stallion, you hold, you walk the horse if you want to try, and maybe you shouldn't have said that, so it's really Uh-oh. interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyways, bottom line, she got yellow carded for either his actions or her actions in the warmup ring, but I've kind of researched it and it never says, so she was yellow carded for incorrect behavior. So they don't know if it was while she was riding or if it was something that her husband said, because most of the time the yellow card is exactly what it says. You know, you know exactly Mm -hmm. what the rider did or somebody did, but they deemed her the one responsible while the husband was walking it. So I don't know if it's a combination of things as well, but I don't know, like the stewards are getting pretty serious with the yellow cards. And I don't know if it was an actual serious situation or if it right, was, or was it like in the things. heat of the moment, like emotional reaction to something or, or if know, it was a couple weird. things that put it together. But this is the yeah. first yellow card that I saw <laughs> that you really didn't know why she got yellow carded. Honestly. Yeah. It's usually pretty black and white, like yeah. overuse of whip or, you know, whatever. Like it's, it's usually like, this is why you got so it. You, okay. I can, you don't I can usually see that. have to Google and find different sources yeah. and none of them still got me the answer. So, that is interesting. Huh. I mean, I would be, I would be pretty mad at my husband if he talked like that to, you know what I mean? To anybody on a horse show ground while walking Same. my horse. Yeah, for but, sure. So, and so this is not just a horse husband. Like he is bred. He owns Wit stud and the Netherlands. And so he's bred and handled stallions for over 35 years. So this wasn't just somebody. And oh, he was so, doing okay. it. And my, so it was he was doing that. I should note that in my opinion, I don't think he was probably doing it wrong. Like he was walking with a whip with a stallion. And he obviously knows how to handle stallions. He's done it for over 35 years. And maybe the steward was a little naive and didn't know what the situation was. So Maybe could have said it better, but I wouldn't expect him to put the whip down. So, right. Right. And, and, you know, <clears throat> it's one of those situations that 
like I said, it's not clear why they got the yellow card, which is just odd. So I thought that was kind of a weird news situation. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. It's interesting. It's just what I got for you this week. Sally, what do you have? <laughs> so I was reading i i read because um I, I like to just kind of catch up on different headlines from all over the world and all over different industries but one thing that we do in our weekday newsletter the heels down brief is we collect um like links from all of like different stories from you know technology to celebrities to this article that i read this week in the brief from the new york times and they actually sent somebody into briarfest that was at the kentucky horse park um i think what uh, last weekend or the weekend before. So Briarfest, you know, I, I was never really a Briar kid. I know I have several friends who are, I was more of like a grand champions girl, but Briars have really kind of been around for like, since I was probably before I was around. And so every year in Kentucky, they have this thing called Briarfest. And so they sent the New York times sent a reporter in to kind of do this culture dive. And, um, he really kind of talks about how Briars are the gateway drug to horses, which you know, for all intents and purposes, I guess is more or less Probably accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it is quite addicting to collect all of those type of, you know, like, again, I like, I wasn't a Briar person, but the grand champions were the same concept. I mean, I couldn't buy enough of them with my, you know, piggy bank money or whatever. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a cool, like, I love reading articles that are really exploratory and you kind of get to kind of take a trip through that reporter's journey. So this is really cool to see kind of in the mainstream press too, even if it makes us maybe look a little weird. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I did read that in brief this week. So any sort of interesting, quirky type of news is um, curated every day. We have a newsletter editor that does a great job with that. So um, you guys should definitely sign up for it if you haven't already. There's a lot of other stuff in there like, original content that we all write that we want to share with you um, and everything like that, giveaways, um, fun stuff like that. So you can just sign up by going to heelsdownmag.com and there will be a little pop-up where you can sign up. All right, guys. So I just bought a new bridle, which is like a big deal because I ride in my tack until it's like literally like dead, dead. So um, so I went to Smart Pack because that's normally where I go because it has the Smart Pack has like the widest array of all tack that you could ever need for any reason ever. And I have never owned a Smart Pack branded bridle before. So I was looking at their Harwick line. Have you guys ever used it before? Like, no. Well, I've right. heard good things, but I haven't used it. Yeah. So, okay. Well, the first thing that drew me in is they're pretty, like, they are very affordable, like, for a quality bridle. It, like, I got this figure eight bridle for under $130, which I thought was pretty wow. good. Is and that with reins? Like unheard of. And yeah. Is that, with, is that with reins or without reins? With reins. It came oh, with a, wow. a, yeah, a set of really nice rubber reins. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they're beautiful. So when I, um, you know, so not that I ever was worried about the quality of it, but when I got it, I was really anxious to see, you know, what it was going to look like. And I, I was very impressed. One, it has it like a beautiful monocrown. And then it has a fleece pad, you know, on the point of the figure eight where it crosses. Mm -hmm. uh, that is replaceable. It's Velcro. So it comes oh, off. Oh, that's, so nice. <laughs> that's yeah. so nice. That's so nice when it's so disgusting. Nasty. Yeah. Oh, it's so awesome. easy to clean. So, and I actually picked, I had always wanted a figure eight bridle because I think they're pretty. And as a hunter rider, I'd never had any reason oh, to get one ever. Um <laughs> But I, I just wanted one. So, I, you know, I felt like being a diva. So I bought this figure eight bridle and it's a, it fits my horse really well. It took me a minute to figure it out. I'm not going to lie. I'm sort of embarrassed to tell you, like, I didn't know where the straps go. But um, 
Mikey had been going in a flash bridle just because he's young and green and, you know, it. his favorite diversion tactic is basically opening his mouth and crossing his jaw sometimes, you know, so I, I still wanted something that gave some control a little bit. Like, it's obviously not a flash, but it does help keep his mouth closed. And I've ridden in it probably like five or six times at this point, and it's great. It's a really nice bridle, and it's That's, a really great price. That is awesome. But Jess, I wanted to ask you, as someone who probably rides and figure eights very clearly more often than me, like what would make you choose a figure eight for your horse over another type of bridle? So generally ours, like generally speaking, our event horses, they will flat in just the capstan with the flash like you're talking about. And they flatten that bridle because that's what they can, you know, it's just very classic look for the dressage. And generally we don't have one that is sticks its tongue out or does something where you really need something different. And you can kind of play with like the height and everything else that you need. And not that you go super tight, but some of ours like have just a normal tightness, but a lot of ours, even with the cavison needed a little looser. So we'll do that. And then for the figure eight, honestly, like they'll start when they go around the turn, they'll kind of lean like their bri- their head and stuff and they'll yeah. tilt. And then they'll also cross their jaw. And I find that the figure eight actually keeps the bridle in better. And it, it it allows you to turn a bit better in the sense that like they're not crossing their jaw. They're not locking against you. That you can get it a bit like the pressures on it. So I, we generally jump in a figure eight and flat in just a regular flash bridle. Okay. Interesting. And then, and then obviously like our hunters go in hunter bridles or if we have one, um, we start a lot of the younger ones with like a standing martingale if they're really fussy at the face because we don't do a lot of running. So it just kind of allows them to figure out their own head. And if they do that, then we put just a hunter bridle so that you can attach the figure eight, I mean, the standing correctly. Got it. Interesting. Well, that's actually my same, that's my same routine. So he goes in a standing martingale with the, you know, the flash bridle. And then I've been, yeah, so I really like it. So I think I might continue to use it. Keep going. Perfect. So if you guys want to get your own, go to smartpackequine.com and search for their Harwick brand, which is H-A-R-W-I-C-H. Whether you need a water solution for one horse in a stall, two in a backyard, or 40 head in the pasture, the classic equine by Richie line of waters provide trouble-free, worry-free access to water on demand. Visit classicequinebyrichie.com for additional information. Richie, fresh water for life. So Justine, I love the article you did with Shane and his whole family because barn family is, it is a real thing. Like we have so many people that Hudson calls, you know, like we have a client slash friend that Hudson calls aunt Catherine and you know, like we have so many of them that it's like so cute. Like he's. I can't wait for him to get older and actually call them, you know, by their Aunt Catherine name and, you know, stuff like that. Like she's not really related to us, but you kind of feel like it. So tell us a little bit more about, tell us a little bit more about that article and what it was like to kind of interview him and like what that was, because it really was, it is a real thing, the Barn family. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, if you've seen the cover of our August issue, it's Shane Sweetnam, who's an Irish show jumper. And we, uh, we featured him because not only is he like a, a really talented Grand Prix rider who, who kind of like flies under the radar most of the time, but it, like he, not in his competition results, but you sh- I'm just surprised we don't see him more in the media, but also because he is 
not only is he a professional, but he is a full-time horse show dad because he is a father of three and his two little girls both ride horses. One of them is doing like the pony finals uh, right now. And, and so he's constantly at home in Wellington with his kids and his wife, Allie, I got to interview as well. They run their business there. And Allie is also like a, you know, a longtime horse person grew up on the ACE circuit in the hunter jumper world. Um, and it was just, it was sort of nice to feature someone that, you know, their life goes beyond their competition dreams, you know, like he has his family and his family is so important to him. And it, it really rings through when you look at pictures of him with his kids and it, it, I don't know, it was pretty cool. I thought that was really special, but you're right, Jess. I, I totally agree with you that, you know, horses are obviously such a big part of our lives. There's why, why else would we be on a podcast talking about them twice a month? You know what I mean? (laughs) But the people who do this with you become your family. And what I've always loved about the barn family, like, you know, I'm I am the only 30 year old at my barn, like where there's like a drastic age difference where there are a bunch of kids, you know, like young kids riding, <laughs> taking lessons. It's like, so weird how that is at every barn, I feel like. And then it's old, and then it's older ladies who are older than yeah. me, kind of almost retired or like, you know, getting there a few, a few career women like me too, but a little bit older, but definitely older than me. But they're definitely, they're my family, you know, like the parents of the, of the really young children feed me like they feed their kids at the horse show you know what I mean like they just assume the responsibility of making sure I have water at the ring you know and I'm a 30 year old adult and then (laughs) and then I have wine with the ladies who also board at the barn you know what I mean (laughs) like I love I get the best of both worlds but I was gonna say so you go from the kid ice cream to the adult wine store Oh, absolutely. I, I, I play, <laughs> I've got my hand in both worlds. Got so. both sides. So if you both look for Justine at a horse her. show and <laughs> midday, she's at the ice cream shop with the little kids. And yep. by five o'clock, she's with the adults with the wine. I have that a busy day, like, man. That sounds very busy, balanced to me. Busy day. <laughs> but what guys? I'm sure it's all, similar. And all joke aside, I do love that, like, you have this whole additional family, you know, we have people we call our kids and they're not really our children. We call people that are like, you know, our aunts and uncles to Hudson and for us, honestly. And it's so fun to, like you said, go and have every aspect of it. And it doesn't matter the age. Like some of our best friends aren't our age and people don't understand that in the real world. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, some of our best friends have kids that are grown. You know, their kids are our age and we hang out with them. Or we have friends that our kids are going to college, you know, of all ages. And and then we're friends with the 12-year-olds, you know. So it's fun. <laughs> and it's like, Justine, we're sitting there having ice cream with them. But it is. It's fun. And I think this is one of the few sports that you can truly have friends at every different age. And they are they will have your back no matter what. And they are more like family than some people's families. Oh, totally. I just remember going to like barn sleepovers when I was a kid. And I would, so I would have been like 15, I think. And I would go to what was then Rolex with my friends, these two girls who were in college. (laughs) And like, we would like go to Rolex together or we go to a sleepover. Like we'd have a sleepover with all the girls that barn and like the youngest would be like, 10 and the oldest would be like a senior in high school and it's like the weirdest like hodgepodge of people or kids or whatever and but like honestly throughout my entire life I've been to 
several barns that have had really close knit groups. And I would say that those are the friends that I have had my whole life, you know, like oh, absolutely. I have a couple friends that I know from outside of horses, like from jobs that I've had maybe, but honestly, it's all been horse people of like varying age groups. Like some of my really friends are a lot younger than me and I have a couple that are significantly older than me. So and it's just interesting. You don't see that a whole lot outside of horses. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, you definitely. I, I mean, I think because other sports, you are like you're pegged to a team based on your age, right? You're it's based all, on your age or your grade. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're here. It's it's not like that at all. But I love that about it. I love that about about horses, you know, like the one unifier thing is the animal, you know, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. So I want to have an interesting conversation with you about confirmation. You know, there are certain things that trainers tell you over the years. And obviously when breeding, they look for specific things, but um, I've always been told like short back versus long back, what type of jumping ability you'll get, or what type of, you know, length of stride you'll get, or even something as simple as like a club foot, like my thoroughbred Mikey has a club foot. And I remember someone freaking out when I bought him, like, Oh my God, I can't believe you bought a horse with a club foot. So how much do you guys know about confirmation? Like Jess, when you, when you guys are evaluating horses that might be better show jumpers versus eventers, are you looking for specific things? Because I feel like there are a lot of horses out there that have confirmational problems and people um, learn to ride around them or help develop their horse to compensate for that. Right. For like a weakness. Well, a hundred percent because um, back in college, I actually did a big confirmational analysis like a whole 15 point system. And we did a lot of study about what some of, some people will call them flaws, but they're not really flaws. They actually help the horse the way it goes. So for instance, if your horse is a jumper and you're a little bit towed out behind, they actually are known to be better jumpers with that flaw. So sometimes that what people would think is not perfect, it actually helps the horse. So a longer neck they generally say helps the horse have a good balance when they're jumping and everything else. But a shorter neck is a lot of dressage horses. The way it's set is a huge difference. If it's set high and coming up, that's generally how we like it. So there's things that when horses are, when we're looking at horses for ourselves, we look at the way they go because there's certain types we like. So yes, if they, you know, if we're vetting the horse and it's got a little bit of towed out hind legs, like, no big deal. You know, if it's neck is set a little high and it comes out a little bit more, Doug loves that. Like the withers are a little higher. They obviously you don't want any extreme of it, but there are things that are actually helpful the way that it makes the horse go. So yes, in the sense we pick out flaws and they become our benefit in the end. So Sally, have you ever owned a horse that you thought was like confirmationally messed up or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was able to overcome some, some of its issues. Yeah. I mean, um, like my horse that I had two horses ago, I bought off of a Facebook ad and like, I looked at the ad a couple months later and I was like, why did I even like want this horse? Cause it was not a good picture, but he was basically like a confirmational nightmare and he, you know, he didn't go very far. Unfortunately, his issues, I think, did lend themselves to him getting injured. He had a little bit of a soft tissue injury and he's fine, but he's, you know, he wasn't going to be a show horse anymore, unfortunately. So, you know, but he did have a short neck. And I think some of that stuff, you just kind of adjust how you ride, um, you know, to help them compensate too, as long as it's not affecting their soundness. Like, I think you can make a lot out of something that's not ideal, you know? 
I, th I think people would be surprised at how many upper level horses aren't ideal and aren't perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they're like, Justine, ideal. you just did a story with somebody, didn't you like that? I can't remember. Yeah. Holly Jack Smither, who's a Canadian yeah. inventor who took uh, her, she had an off track thoroughbred. She told me he's sway backed. So, so crazy to me. <laughs> so she, yeah. she ends up having to do a lot of just different maintenance, but right, obviously right. he jogs up sound because yeah. he's been to Kentucky a ton of, uh, ton of different Twice. times and passed the final jog. But I think that's the biggest thing is once you recognize what it is, there are so many things to help it out and you can do mm -hmm. maintenance in order to keep those horses going. Yeah. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing. That's exactly what Holly told me. She said, obviously dressage is harder for him, but it took a lot of, you know, a lot of top, top line work to kind of build yep. up his back to compensate yeah. for that. Yeah, back. I can imagine. <laughs> and That's also crazy. like fitting a saddle sounded like it was a nightmare, but yeah. So there are that certain things that are harder for him, but she knows what, you know, she can, like what you said, Jeff, she can identify those issues and help build him in the places that, you know, for that purpose. So what about yeah. a club foot? I'm curious just cause my horse okay. has a club foot. So <laughs> one of our Grand Prix horses has a club foot. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Totally fine. Like, I mean, it's not terrible. Like I said before, the extremes are extremes and right. you don't want that, but a slight club foot is not bad. And a lot of it is what we talked about maintenance. Well, with the feet, mm -hmm. it's with the farrier. So we have to make sure that they don't try to like accentuate the club foot while doing the farrier work. So they just have to have knowledge about it and helping it. But I mean, ours is totally fine jumping around the Grand Prix and it's not a terrible club foot, but he definitely has a club foot. Huh. Interesting. So, it's interesting because yeah. so many people ride off horses so quickly for minor things. And, you know, and, and let's be honest, a lot of people don't need a future Grand Prix horse or a future four-star horse, even though they think they might want one. <laughs> um, but, you know, and some of that stuff is much more passable at, at like a, a mid-level or an amateur level or even some of the upper levels. You know, like it's well, just with the right riding and the right maintenance, like it doesn't have well, to be and you have to. Well, and also I think a lot of imperfections, if you trust your vet, like a really good vet. And the biggest advice I would give to people that are listening with their vets is get a vet. If you're at all possible, get a vet you love and you trust. And if you don't really know what vet to look for, look for one that specializes in your type of discipline or in yeah, yours. Exactly. So That's if you're, you know, because like racehorse vets might not know exactly you know, I'm just using a broad term, but racehorse vets might not know exactly what show jumpers would do best at and like what they're kind of, cause they're on show jump. I mean, they're on footing more of the time where the racehorses are not. And so not mm -hmm. that any racehorse would be bad, a vet would be bad, but if we use a lot of sports medicine vets and, you know, also like a Western vet, I, I would have not much knowledge about that, you know? So sure. finding the vet that would go towards your discipline and be able to help you succeed because they've had success at seeing those different problems, I find is your key to success. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. That's a good point that I think some people may not think about. And, you know, a lot of vets are very generalized and they have multiple different clients, but there definitely Absolutely. are some that love that have a, a larger client base in, you know, eventing or something specific. So that's, that, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so um, it's time for Rose and Thorn, and I am no longer the new person here, so I am going to defer to, let's see, Justine. We'll go ahead and start with you, because I need to think. <laughs> okay, so I am going to go with my Thorn first, 
And it's just, okay, this is like a very like hashtag first world problems situation. But have you ever had a day where, or do you, do you guys have a purse that is just like a bottomless pit that you can never find anything ever when you need it? Cause there's just so much junk at the bottom of your purse. Yep. And mine is not even that big. So it's really depressing. All right. Mine is a big purse. Cause I have to shove my laptop in it sometimes or an <laughs> iPad and notebook. Or, you know what I mean? Like I'm always on the run with work and to like literally today it took me, there were five different times, five, five, literally five where I dumped out my, the entire contents of my purse to find my phone. Cause I just oh could not, I have, so I have two different purses you need because oh all mine have pockets and I'm never, I am one that like the bottomless pit is there. But honest to God, there is pockets for everything. And I have a diaper bag and a purse and I don't lose. I haven't lost my phone in either of them yet. Okay. Well, I need to learn from you because <laughs> mine has a ton of pockets too, because I keep like, I'm on the run. It's breaking news. I need to get my ne- my notebook, whatever. And I, it's always my phone that I lose. And so I don't know what happened today, but it was a nightmare. Maybe I'm just like on edge, more irritable than normal, but I would just become like enraged after five minutes that I couldn't find my stupid phone that I would just dump the whole thing out in the middle of the office. And people are looking at me like, what's wrong with you? But <laughs> so you wouldn't want me to dump out either of mine. Okay. There's so much stuff in there. You'd be it, like, um, it's crazy. Are, are you going to pick all that up? I'd be like, no, I'm going to leave it. Just I know. It. So I want to burn. I literally want to light my purse on fire right now. But, um, so my rose is probably that um, it's like we're halfway through summer and my horse is doing really good. We're not having any of the he's issues. He's sweating. He's sweating. He's sweating. Yes. That's awesome. I know. Yay. So knock on wood, pray to all the gods. But I'm like actually excited that I'm planning like a fall show schedule. And I think Yay. I'm going to do I'm going to do my first event, guys, in October. Oh, my God. Yay! I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to go cross-country schooling next month. But I'm, uh, oh I'm excited. Oh, my God. Perfect. I know. I know. I'm really excited. Like I bought right. I bought white breeches today, so I have like something nice. to go in. Yeah, and I bought the Hadley breeches from Smart Pack. I should plug. Oh, them. look at you! I know. They're amazing. I bought them in white. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. They come in white because some. I think the Pipers were the ones that don't. So that's good. Right. Sorry. So I got the full the full seat ones too. So, but what about you, Jess? So mine is. My thorn, I'll go with my thorn first because it's a bit of a pain, but our building process in North Carolina seems to be taking for forever because <laughs> really we keep does. running into like other problems and they still haven't been able to pour the con like the foundation and everything. So it's been, you know, one thing after the next, but our builder is working really hard and they still think we're going to be in the end of September, which I don't know how is possible but oh my gosh it's been a bit of a nightmare just kind of dealing with that and like it's kind of a pain but eventually we're gonna be in North Carolina so I mean I'll take it when we're gonna one day but (laughs) it's just been kind of one of those couple weeks where you just like keep banging your head like it's one problem so that's my thorn this week and then my rose would have to be I have two we are Currently, we came up to Doug's parents to visit them, and baby Hudson could play with grandma and grandpa because we just got done with Millbrook, where Doug won two of the big classes, and he was second in the advanced. He won the intermediate, and he won on our training horse. So we had a huge weekend at Millbrook. I yeah, saw that. That. Awesome. that looked so amazing. It yeah. was so much fun. So 
Uh, and the seven-year-old that was in the intermediate that won is the one that we are going to Lyon with for the seven-year-old oh, cool. championships in France. So we're going to Les Lyon in October. So that's exciting. That's really awesome. exciting. Yep. Sally, uh, have you decided yet? Well, okay. First of all, I wanted to ask you, do you, I heard that Doug took some crazy turn in the water at Millbrook. Oh do you gosh. guys have video was, of that? Yes. I okay. Will, will you post please it. post, have them posted post on Instagram it. or something? Cause I, I want to see. <laughs> I will post it actually for our listeners. I will post it on the Facebook group. So you have to go yes, on there that. and you'll can look at it. But so I actually have a really funny story about this really quickly. And then you'll go back to your door or your room door. <laughs> okay. So I know I'm interjecting, but so we're watching it and I knew he was going to do this. And I'm on the phone with my mom and she's panicking because she's not at Millbrook. So she wants to play by play on the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, every, everybody's going to panic about this water. So you jump in and then it's, um, once you get in the water, it's four, it's supposed to be three strides across the skinny. And then you're supposed to go all the way around and jump back in the water to a Chevron. So Tremaine apparently placed this, uh, gourmet fresh sign very close to the skinny. So no one could turn inside. Well, Doug's horse is very adjustable and very bold. So you didn't have to really ride to get in the water. So he waited to get there and then added a step and did it in the four. And then he landed really shallow and quick and then could turn inside. Oh my God. Save breaker. Turn. Oh, it was turn. Well, he didn't know. I mean, he didn't know Tremaine had like purposely done it, but I mean, he kind of assumed. So he goes inside and then like, you know, gets the in in and then does the Chevron and we all cheer blah 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 i'm like talking to my mom and then i see tremaine cooper who's the course designer and i said tremaine was that not amazing he said no he was not happy (laughs) oh my gosh he said i'm so pissed he said i need to talk to you i'm like oh man why am i in trouble kind of he was so funny kidding but he's like i'm so mad i'm so mad i'm like "Uh uh-oh he's like i he's like do you see this sign this gourmet fresh sign I purposely placed it there so people like Doug could not Doug go went. inside because he goes, I swear I put the distance that no one could get the four and then jump inside. And he well, goes, you didn't. No, and he goes, and he got me. He got me again. <laughs> so you tell him, I'm going to remember this for next time. It oh, my God. Hysterical. So he wasn't mad. Hilarious. It, was, it was really funny. But at the same time, Doug's like, he's like, he got me. He got me. <laughs> Oh That's gosh. so funny. Well, Doug is like notorious for taking those turns. So exactly. I just, I'd heard a rumor. So I was like, oh, I got to ask Jess. Um, oh, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> so I'm sorry yeah. I interjected. So no, you're good. Well, what was your Rose and Thor? Oh, so I'm excited because I'm finally within a month. I can see it coming. I've been waiting all summer. I'm getting, I'm going to see Taylor Swift next month. So oh, I, yeah. so jealous. I am oh so I've never seen her before because I've never been like, oh, I've never been like as obsessed with her as I guess I am now. But anyway, I'm but so I'm jealous. also going back home. I'm going to Kansas City to see her and we're going. The concert is at the Chiefs Stadium. And I'm as you guys know, I'm a oh. huge fan. So it's literally like the perfect thing ever. For me. And it's right before WEG. So it's like on my way to WEG. I'm like, oh, stop in Kansas City. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> That is so I'm awesome. like, I'm finally like, wait, I'm like, I've been waiting all summer and like the tour has been happening and I'm just been dying slowly. So, but yeah. So, and then my thorn, I was thinking about this when we were talking about family earlier. My thorn is that my grandma who lives in St. Louis, um, she's one of my only family members remaining that lives in St. Louis, but she's finally decided to sell her house and move to North Carolina to be closer to my parents. So 
Like I basically grew up in that house and I was really sad. I'm like not going to get to go see it. I used to bring like my briar or my, not my briar is my, my grand champions over and line them up on her fireplace every time. And I just like how you have those like nostalgic memories. So I should write about that. I might, you should look for that in the brief maybe, but yeah, that's kind of my thorns. I just found out about that this week and she's like, grandma on a mission so there's no time for me to go visit so but it's okay she'll be closer to my family so that's good (laughs) yeah so speaking of moving I just we had a really um I think we're just about out of time but I we had a quick question from the podcast group again that I just thought we could all check in from and kind of give some feedback but um Somebody asked about like the best places to live as far as horses are concerned. Um, and we all live in different areas. So it's kind of cool. And, um, you know, obviously I live in California and minus the wildfire risk. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> There's lots of uh, lots of different horses, horse areas here. But what about you guys? So I've lived up and down the East Coast. Uh, and I would have to say North Carolina is my favorite. And that's kind of why we decided on it. It's kind of central from going all the way up to like we're at Millbrook or going all the way down to Ocala. We're kind of right in between. And so for us, we settled on the Raleigh-Durham area. And I'm so excited to eventually get there. Finally get there. (laughs) Exactly. So that would be my choice because that's what we picked. Oh, it is beautiful there. Obviously, I live in uh, where everyone comes to spend their winter season in Florida, you know, so I get the snowboard snowbird horse people who just come to show and then leave. It's not a great place to probably have horses year round. Uh, It's hot and this time of year, it just sucks and the the rains all the time. And obviously we have hurricanes, but, um, but we're still, you know, like Ocala is still, you know, like racehorse capital. Like there's still horses that are there year round and obviously in Wellington too. So the good thing is you can ride all year round. You don't necessarily need an indoor arena. Um, it's never crazy cold. So I'm happy in Florida. But there are obviously wonderful, beautiful places for horses. I mean, Aiken, too, where you yeah. were, Jess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I that's mean, a huge Aiken's horse place. great. I think it's all about kind of what you're looking for and climate-wise and, you know, showing-wise. And there's lots of choices all around the U.S. So I think there's everything. Well, and obviously cost depends on where you are too. So like Florida, obviously you're going to pay more for hay because we have Mm -hmm. crap options and we have to import it from other places. So, um, but your board is probably a lot more expensive if you go up to New York. So depending on where it is. Yeah. So I think it, it kind of all varies out. And if you want your horse to have great turnout, I would go someplace like Colorado. You know what I mean? Like it, it just depends on where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. So So if you guys have a question for us, you're more than welcome to send that to our email account, which is hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or you can join our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge, uh, where you can talk to other members of the group and post questions, uh, engage us in discussions. It's a pretty lively group and we have a lot of fun there. But if you want to hear more from us, you should also check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone. So you subscribe and download it on iTunes or Google Play. And our August issue is out now with Shane Sweetnam on the cover. But it's packed full of good stuff like tips you can pick up from catch riding in college to different fashion trends that are hitting the horse world 
to all kinds of great stuff, grooming tips, writing exercises, everything you could ever want, all in one magazine that you can read on your phone. So we want to say thank you to our sponsors, Eagle Gold, Classic Equine Pie Richie, and Smart Pack. And if you guys want more great content from us, definitely subscribe to The Brief, which Sally mentioned earlier, which is every day in your inbox in the morning, during the weekdays. And also you can check out our website, which is heelsdownmag.com. You can also check out the Horse Radio Network by downloading the app in the iOS, iTunes Store, or Google Play. So that's it, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Bye.